Beatles will release a new song. Yes, the Beatles will be releasing a new song. Their last one this week, thanks to the wonders of artificial intelligence. The Fab Four surviving members, Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr, announced recently that Now and Then will be released November 2nd. The track is written and sung by late uh, singer-songwriter John Lennon with contributions from McCartney, Starr and George Harrison, the latter of whom passed away 22 years ago next month. Now, according to the BBC, the tune is an apologetic love song addressed to an old friend to whom Lennon declares, now and then I miss you, now and then I wish you to return to me. Now, after Lennon was fatally shot outside New York City's Dakota building in December of 1980, his widow Yoko Ono gifted the song to McCartney on a cassette. Joining me now to talk a little bit more about this week's Beatles single release is Eric Alper. He's a publicist and music commentator at thatericalper.com. Eric, thank you for joining us today. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this uh, uh, release coming on November 2nd with uh, John Lennon, uh, I, you would we, we wouldn't be having this conversation probably even five, ten years ago, but uh, what an interesting, interesting uh, change of events when it comes to technology and and uh, a well-respected older band. Yeah, especially because I think even the best Beatles fans would think that everything that the group could have been released has already been done on the Anthology 1 and Anthology 2. But thanks to AI and some really crafty work from Peter Jackson, who is the director of the Get Back documentary, he was a big AI fan, and in fact, he utilized the, the mixing capability of AI to separate the noise and the vocals that was in the documentary so that John Lennon and Ringo and George and Paul, they were all sounding perfect you know, using this technology, and that's exactly what Peter Jackson and the group was able to do and separate all the really good stuff from the stuff that they didn't want in the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think we'll see more of this, the, these types of songs being released from other uh, artists from the 60s and 70s? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, the one thing that, that AI and music has a little bit of a, of a strange relationship now is that about 20 to 25% of the songs that are found on the Billboard Hot 100, the producers and the artists confidentially have said that they're using AI technology. They're uh, they're using it to um, to generate uh, original music and melodies and chord progressions or helping finishing lyrics that the artist might get stuck on. So if it's good for these artists to have hits, then it's probably great for those artists that are no longer around that might have had snippets of songs here and there in the vault that normally we would never get to hear. But thanks to AI, maybe this could be a little bit more of a push to get those songs out there. Do you think AI is long-term healthy for the music industry? It's an industry at its core that's still reliant on songwriting, the ability to express one's feelings, uh, express one's uh, experiences. It is a human endeavor at its core. Um, the minute you give that up to AI, one would argue that it ceases being the traditional music industry. Is it healthy, though, looking 10 years down the road or 15 yeah, it's really hard. You know, I agree with you. There, there's something about a soul and the truth that just AI can't do. 
But with AI software, you can enhance all that music production by helping out with mixing the song and mastering and helping musicians achieve really professional sounding tracks without leaving their bedroom. So I don't see that going away. But I see that the audience has the final say in all of it. I'm not so sure that they're going to want, say, a brand new album from Buddy Holly that was created by AI. Or in fact, you know, the, the notorious B.I.G., his estate has confirmed that they're going to be having a new album coming out with the help of AI technology. So at the end of it all, the fans will decide whether or not if they dig this or not. But I think in terms of helping the independent artists, I think it's, it's already there. Um, when you look at uh, these songs that are coming out, uh, is there a problem or a challenge for the music industry in regards to songwriting, you know, just in regards to credit where it would go in regards to having a viable industry that actually pays its people uh, for the work that they do? Or, or are we headed to a space where it's going to be a machine mostly and uh, it may not, it's already difficult enough for artists to make a living off this craft of the music industry. Yeah. What's yeah, it look I, like? I think it, That's scary. Yeah, I think it, yeah, it is. And I think AI is going to help all these musicians protect their intellectual property by, you know, monitoring all of these unauthorized use of their music online. But I think what's going to be really scary is when, um, you know, these kind of pseudo independent producers or artists or just people looking for fun will start mixing, you know, somebody like Jimi Hendrix doing a duet with Janis Joplin and people believing that it's true. I mean, we saw the huge success of tens of millions of streams of the song that was AI created with Drake and The Weeknd, and it took a long time to get that music off of the music streaming services. So, you know, it has a lot to do with music copyright. It has a lot to do with intellectual property. Some artists like Elton John and Billy Joel not only have their 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 likeness copyrighted, but, you know, if you're trying to fool people based on that, you can end up with a lawsuit too. Sometimes it's really hard to find these people online on the internet. So I think that for the bigger artists, I think they're going to have a little bit of problem trying to control their image and their sound if the AI technology is open up for everybody to use, both good and bad. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and what's fascinating about this song is this: it was recorded, to my understanding, in 1979. Um, and I believe the, uh, the, the audio was given... Uh, uh, to somebody by Yoko Ono. It was, I think it was gifted to, to uh, Paul McCartney on a cassette by Yoko Ono in December of 1980. And then uh, they added, uh, to my understanding, uh, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, added new vocals and drums and bass and guitar. And they also took guitar parts from uh, Harrison in 1995. Uh, so it's it's a little of all of them just sort of providing this, um, this uh, mix of music. And then, uh, are you looking for? Are you looking to be surprised or shocked? I'm just curious in regards to what you expect. No, I, I think it's going to be what what we can kind of expect. You know, the, the three Beatles gathered in the studio back in 1994 to work with Jeff Lynne, who is a, a a pretty big producer. He's worked with both Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr and George Harrison in the past. And those sessions that came off of those demo tapes were Free as a Bird and Real Love, which appeared on the anthology sessions. So we've already seen kind of what that era sounding like could be. Um, but now that we've got the song Now and Then, and then, you know, 
coupled with the Love Me Do song that a lot of people have already heard. Um, I don't know how surprised I'm going to be. I think it's going to be a little bit more mature sounding, but I think that, you know, the older Beatles fans, I don't know if they're just going to buy into it. I think the younger Beatles fans are going to be all all for this because they understand the technology that came with it. I'm not so sure that the older fans are going to think how authentic this is, no matter what the you know, whatever Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr have to say. I'm all for it. I think it's great. But I think there are just some things that some of the the fans are going to think, you know, we really don't need another song from them. Yeah, Eric, well, it's going to be wonderful uh, in regards to what it sounds like. Maybe we'll have you back on the show on November 2nd after you've had a listen. Would love to get your critique, uh, that's for sure. Eric, thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. We'll talk soon. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.